I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. Uh, an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right? Like, I like doing something, look, stopping and learning from it. Like, it just looked like it was a heavy hit. If it's up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. Rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time. He looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tommy Bailu and this is a show where we speak with people about the opportunities they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Now, uh, if you're watching this, or you can probably even hear it, I'm not in my normal, you know, situation. You know, I'm on the road, like I told you last week. You know, I'm on the road, uh, and now it's been a crazy, crazy uh, uh, (laughs) weekend, to say the least. But... Uh, I can't get mad, and I'm at least happy to know that I can keep moving forward. And as a result, I'm not going to let you guys just be hanging. I'm not going to let you hang. I still got to put out episodes for you because we got too many great stories that we need to put out that we need you to listen to and to be able to see the opportunities that come along with it. So I have a great guest for you guys. Uh, He has been a very integral to the developing nature of broadcasting and streaming here in the U.S. Uh, you guys have probably seen several productions from MLR games to USA Rugby National Championship games to youth games and so much. Uh, my boy, uh, uh, another one, another of those family members out there, um, my, uh, the founder, the director, the owner of Next Level Rugby, Ryan Ginty out of Connecticut. Uh, and when I tell you this is a guy that, you know, my history with him has been from almost beginning. We started work doing this at the same time. Uh, we actually got introduced by a mutual friend of ours named Grant Cole, who I call the most connected man in rugby. And uh, he uh, actually, you know, we were actually doing very similar things and actually ended up combining the stuff together. And I've worked with him on production. I've, you know, we've helped each other on so many things. So it was a real honor being having a chance to just be able to talk with him and to be able to, you know, go a little bit deeper. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you, in the seven, eight years that I've known him, uh, you know, I even in this conversation, I felt like I got more information and learned more about him in this because, you know, we're always in the process of work or talking, and, uh, you know, about things that are going on with us. And sometimes we don't even get the origin story. It's just is we're just we're just friends it just works out and you know with a lot of people it's you know it seems to go that way so uh to be able to sit and be able to talk with him on this one was something that i can't even deny was the best don't worry i have a mask you guys are worrying about it so in this you guys are going to hear uh a lot of us a lot of info talk about uh broadcasting the depth of how he gets into rugby and and so much you know how we go in these podcasts but i really want you to be able to pay attention to what it takes to be able to create uh some of these things and what the 
development of rugby as not just a sport but as an industry is taking at these early stages and and how much uh is just it's it's an appreciative process it's a one that required that takes gratitude and humility as much as anything else but i really think that you guys are going to love this and uh, it's going to be something that i think you guys will really connect with so um Guys, I just want, before we get into it, yo, please remember, yo, share this podcast out. Thank you guys so much for who's been listening and sharing out the information. Um, wanted to, you know, you guys can catch us on all podcast streaming platforms. Uh, we're talking about from Anchor.fm to Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeartMedia Radio, and, and so much more. Uh, and then, of course, please find us on YouTube.com slash Network. See the videos. We're going to start putting up the clips finally. Um, I've been promising them for months, and now we're finally going to get a chance to start doing that. So you can have a lot more shareable content to show your friends and family and be able to continue to relate these stories of rugby so you have a better establishment of the culture. And more importantly, it gives you a better connection to the sport itself because then it becomes even more dope and more awesome to be able to connect with. And we want to make sure that we're getting a roundabout fashion both on and off the field people. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. But really appreciate you guys for all listening and taking the time. So, without a doubt, um, I'm not going to hold you guys back. Ryan Ginty, Next Level Rugby, the broadcast extraordinaire. Shut it out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tom Bailu, and I got another personal VI, incredible I, incredible P of a person there. My guy coming out of Next Level Rugby, one of the leading broadcasters in rugby here in uh, the U.S., Ryan. And it is, it is. Like, don't, 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 we don't need this humility net mess. One of the leading broadcasters for rugby in the U.S., my guy, Ryan Ginty. Yo, Ginty, man, much appreciation for you coming through. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's nice to be on this side of the uh, camera. And by nice, uh, I'm lying, right? That's called acting. That's what I'm, I'll try to do through this, right? Um, no, no, it's, it's, it's cool to, to be here. Um, I'm going to be, you know, I put people under pressure normally and uh, allow you to put me under pressure and uh, hopefully I don't crack. You know, look, look, this is it, it is an honor and a pleasure to 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 be able to do this. And uh, I'm going to make sure that we're getting all the tears. All right. We're going full Oprah in this moment. All right. Just let it all go free. All right. We release. <laughs> all right, well, I did my homework. Uh, Warren Impressions. I listened to that one. So as I was taking my walk along the <laughs> Columbia River in Wenatchee, Washington, my daily walk. Um, so I'm prepared. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No. <laughs> Man, well, you know, I, I, it, I always like to talk about, like, where where it always started. And I, I have to always appreciate the fact a lot of people may or may not know, but we've, we've known each other almost seven years now. Yes, seven years now. And uh, really started relatively at the same time. It, it always will make me laugh because our interaction began, obviously, with Grant Cole being the, the, the pieces that brought us together and... Then after, I think whenever I came up to New York and you came down from Connecticut and we met up, it just worked from there. Um, so it's it's been you know, we've really- been on some adventures, man. We've been on Bruh. some adventures. 
But that's yeah. adventures to where it's like, okay, let's let's broadcast at a let's pick you up at your parents' house and drop you. Let's let's take the RV with the NLR crew all the way down to Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's shoot some days in a monsoon there. And oh, by the way, let's send gift and, and half the crew in a monsoon up to Pittsburgh to do the USA rugby regionals. And oh by the way, USA rugby didn't pay us like they were supposed to. Right. So, so we stuck. Let's count the dollars. Let's like broke the shit. Brian Murphy throwing us a lifeline for old blue. Oh, man. Brian Murphy, but like, shit, man. Yeah, and I mean, that's just one of them. Kansas that's just City. one. Look, we, we haven't talked about Kansas. Yeah. We haven't talked about Colorado. Like, it's it's been a genuine journey. It's been a genuine adventure and just, uh, uh, just being able to see how – I mean, we always talk about the growth component of it, but it's just wild to kind of see what it's taken to be able to get these things and how much nobody knows what it takes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. It's been like, I remember I used to joke with Macy, like, and this is going back like 14, 15. I would just be like, hey, dude, I just want to be able to afford like a Starbucks. Like, if I can get more than a 99 cent cup of coffee with change that I'm scrounging around, which even still sometimes, I don't know how many times in this business I've been like, I'm never scrounging for change to buy a cup of coffee ever again. Right. And somehow or other, Next it matter what happens, like, boom. Okay. Where's, where, where's the change at? So, but no, it's been it's been a fun ride, man. It's been cool, you know. Uh, you know, I've just been fortunate to get to, you know, do this. Fortunate to do it with you too. That's good like work. things like feelings mutual. So, yeah, so it's uh, it's been good, man. It's been fun, man. I love it. Well, you know, as I always say, with every superhero, there comes an origin story. And uh, as as for you, I know you you have a, a very interesting one just to even start off. So. I'll kick you off like I do with everybody else, my brother. How did you get started with rugby? Uh, well, I mean, maybe the seed got planted when I graduated high school. I was working at a gate shack, uh, and the ice cream man would come in. And he'd come in, cool <laughs> Scott McFly, and he'd be driving his ice cream truck. And he went to Central, and I was going to go to Central. And he's like, you got to join – you got to join the rugby team. I was like, nah, man, I'm going to do lacrosse. Like, ah, there wasn't a lacrosse program at the time. He's like, nah, you got to do it. Fast forward a couple of years, you know, I'm in the guard. I get back from overseas and um, I go, I started a lacrosse club at CCSU. This is 2004. Started a lacrosse club at CCSU and my buddies, like uh, at the time, were like on the rugby team and they were right. fun. And I remember we went to, uh, it was our first year in existence. SGA was giving out a total of $30,000 total, right, for all the clubs at the allotment. Like, I had uh, my buddy who was in charge of finance, like, Benny, like, I, I, I politicked. I college politicked. It was good. And so, like, I got him to give us $10,000 our first year. They're only giving out 30 total. That's how you work. Team, Get that third. <laughs> well, the rugby team comes up on stage. They're like, we're really nasty. We're good. And they come up like a mob, like, like just an army of, like, 40 on stage in the student government presentation. And they're like, you should just give us $40,000 because we're nasty. They basically just walk off. And I thought, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, they're giving out 30000 total. These guys are asking for forty so they can go to Ireland because they're good. You know? And then um, they didn't get the money. We got ten grand, which is good. And we got to go to Virginia. And we got to do some some fun tours. For nice. Break, which is, looking back on it, it's hilarious that, like, they paid for our spring break for the lacrosse club. Yeah, we played some games. But – we, we had fun. It was, it, was, it was more spring break than it was uh, tournament style. <laughs> yeah. So that was like 2003. And then 2004, um, I went out to one practice because I kept saying, hey, you got to come out. You got to come play. You got to come play. 
And then like that first practice, I hit somebody. I'm like, I'm never looking back, you know, and, oh. so I get thrown in. and that was like 2004, five, four or five. And it helped that we were, we were nasty at the time too. Like we were, we were good. Um, 2004, we lost in the, what is now the NCR national championship in the final. I was our first loss of the season. So we were a good program coming out. Um, and even still has had some good runs lately, CCSU. Um, once hooligan, always a hooligan. Um, but <laughs> started playing that, and then it was, uh, yeah, just kind of like took off and, you know, played for a men's club. Started off, I think my first actual real game was for New London County Men's Club. And it was their first year that they started. And it was in my hometown area. Bunch of good dudes, D3 rugby, awesome guys. Um, played, uh, of course, get thrown out of wing my first game, right? And this is like, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that always how it starts? You're either going to start yeah. out as a wing or you're going to be a flanker. And then you figure yeah. you'll play from there. <laughs> it's like, we'll put him out wing. So I went out and wing, and I remember it was like 97 degrees in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's incredibly hot, no cloud cover. And it was the, back in the day of the old, like, cloth jerseys, like, oh, yeah. right? So I'm like, big old white collars. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is crazy, but it was, but it was fun. You know, I fell in love with it, like with those guys, and then played for CCSU, and then uh, got involved with the Hartford Wanderers. Played with them for a long time. I mean, still play with them. I played with them the last season, last fall season we had. Nice. So it's like came out of retirement. I mean, I've come out of retirement quite a few times. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been great. It's a great sport. Um, as much as I love playing it, I don't know if I love maybe coaching it even more because yeah. a number of years, University of Hartford coached a uh, team in Hartford. So I got to do it all, and then on top of it, get to ref too. Like I'm usually like that's actually probably one of the one of the best experiences in rugby. Is the first first game I ref, it was my alma mater, so it was CCSU nice. versus Eastern Connecticut State University, and they were really good at the time. CCSU was really good, and five minutes into the game, they were just hitting the crap out of each other. It was a fast game, and I'm just like, holy shit, that happened right in front of me. Like, <laughs> right. this is the best You're supposed to be the best <laughs> like you get to get into it, right? Like when you're playing and you get to you get to control it and and not control it, but you get to help the game flow. Guide the game. Right? Like right. I think that's one of the big things. And what I like about refing is like I'll I'll very vocal ref. I'll like talk people through things. And if they listen, you know, and I think the good refs tend to do that. Right. Have a good banter back and forth. I think that's important. But don't sleep on refing. Refing is probably the most fun thing. And and so I've done pretty much everything in rugby that you could do, except for as an administrator. I never <laughs> want to do that. Never want to. <laughs> <laughs> he says, as he's also controlled, produced so many broadcasts as an administrator in that format. Uh, no, 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 no. But you got to remember it. I, and I throw this to, to uh, John Broker, who was the first guy to ever hire Next Level Rugby for the Bulldog Rugby Club and Dave Fisher thing. That was our first. That was our first gig. And he's his best advice he gave to me on the first day. He goes, "Stay out of the politics." Yo, right? that's and real. So, like as an administrator, I don't have to deal with any of the politics. True right? story. Like, like I just. <laughs> I don't have to deal with any of the politics. That's like the best part about it. And I don't want to deal with the politics, you know, and I don't want to get involved in any of that stuff. Like I've got my opinions. Keep them out. <laughs> Let me go do my work. I'm not trying to deal with this in this way. <laughs> Play the field. Yo, no, you know, it, it's real. And, you know, I love hearing about the fact of, of that journey. To be honest with you, I've actually never talked to you very much about the entirety of the journey. I just knew you played and you had that. So to be able to get that, like, especially that entrance into whenever you started playing before CCSU, like moving over to the sports, whenever you, that first attraction, was it the hit that sold you over the top or was it like knowing those guys and just like feeling like you're with them? I think it was both. I think it was a, it was, it was a good combination of guys from CCSU that were older 
And like, I came in as a rookie, but I mean, I just came back from invading a country, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, nobody was, nobody's really messing with me. You know what I mean? Like I was 21 at the time when yeah. I started playing. So it's like, I didn't have to do that. And we didn't do any of the, I, I wouldn't say we didn't do hazing. Like, I mean, there was an onion contest from time to time on Thursdays, <laughs> I, I will say, but like, that's just fun. You know, it's like, but, but you know, it was, um, it was fun. It was the group of guys. It was the, the way that they looked out for it. And the thing that really stuck to me, which was like military, yeah. And it was the only thing that I found. I didn't find it in lacrosse. It's not like lacrosse is a good sport, but it's like that I'm down. Right. Like, I got your back. Like, I may not like you. I may not have this, but I got your back. And I literally have to protect you. Right. Like, right. and so, and then the other thing too is that I think that when you finally, when you get like really in tune with the game and everything's flowing, right. And then everything just shuts off and you're not, nothing else matters. And you're paying attention to what's going on like right now. And you're, and you're really plugged in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a feeling that you get like in the military that you can feel in certain situations. Right. And it's like something like on the pitch, which I think is that, that I haven't found it in any other sport, right? Like that in the moment, right. And being able to, to be in that moment at the time right. and live in that moment. And so I think that's what like, I really, I really liked. And I saw a lot of parallels between like the military and like rugby team and, you know, the men's teams, the women's team, everything, you know? Do you think that when ever since you came out of the military and, and doing your stint, do you feel like that has kind of guided the direction of how you you looked at rugby or guided the direction of how you make your decisions? Because it, it sounds like obviously it was very very emblematic of a, a very key point in time for you, but and it's also an early stage of adult life. So for you, do, do you feel like that has been an un, whether intentional or unintentional guiding post for how you? You go about everything. I think I learned good things in the military, right? Like, I think, like, I've learned good leadership. I also learned what really bad leadership was. You know, like, I saw the thing is what's what can be great about the military can also be bad about the military as well, too. Um, But I think, like, the best part about the military is that bond you have with people. And it's that that you're going to do your job because it's your job and I'm relying on you to do it. And that's one of the hardest things with transitioning is you get out and, you know, and it's not a knock on civilians because I love civilians and not everybody's like this, but you know, it's, you're supposed to do something. You don't always follow through, Facts. right? Like you, you have that and you have that accountability, you know, rugby, you have that accountability too. It's not necessarily have to be called out, but like you really get to see if you shy away from a hit, like as a coach, if you get run over, so what I've been run over Vinny Daly's flat for me. Like <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've taken big hits, you know what I'm saying? But like, right. if you shy away from that or you step away, and you don't commit to it, it means like you're not sacrificing for the team. I think that's one of the best things about this sport. It keeps you honest and you can't hide. You have to be honest. Like True. you can get away with it for a little bit, but you, you, you can't hide on the field. And right. I think that's one of the, one of the other things to that, that I really like about the sport. Yo, I love that. And, and I, I always think about that in terms of how this sport developed, because, you know, on the field, we always know, you know, I guess maybe a better parallel, you know, when it comes with, NFL football, we know it's within a structure and within that structure, you find your spacing, right? But within rugby, yes, there is set pieces that you have. But like you said, it's all about being able to do your job. The best teams in the world always seem to function off of the person that you know for sure is going to take care of their part. And then you're able to fill in where you need to be from there. But it's still free-flowing. It still works within yeah. the actual life, which I think makes it such an easy parallel to to regular life in, in so many instances. You know, for you, like, you started playing and you start getting into it. 
Was there a moment where it you had like the the light bulb moment where it all felt like it started to click a little bit on the field for you, and you're just like, okay, I'm seeing what I'm seeing from the game, and then I'm also yeah, being it took me years. It took me years, right? Like I think it was probably when I was about like 31. Yeah, when everything like came through, like I was in great shape, like you know, I like everything kind of like clicked. It was then that was probably before. I was like about when I was about 29. So I've been playing the sport for at that time eight years. Right. You know what I mean? And like, I, I had intermittents where like, I didn't play for a while. Like I'd be doing like some MMA stuff and like I'd concentrate on that for like a year and go back and forth to rugby. So like rugby wasn't always consistent. Like it was for the most part, but like I, I took breaks away from rugby, which is something I think is incredibly important that people need to do. Cause it helps you appreciate it. You know, you should go out, you should do other things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, once that like, it was, and it was sevens, once I started playing sevens a lot, and I really understood the field vision and I could see the field and I can anticipate things. I knew where to go. Like that was the aha moment. And so it's like the older I get, I'm definitely not in as good a great shape as I was back then, especially now, but having that knowledge and understanding the game and like being able to see it and coming in and, you know, it, you know, where to be on the field, you know, what's going to happen next. You can anticipate that. And that only comes with experience, you know, and that comes with being in that situation and learning, like, and as a coach, like my whole thing was is we the amount of time that we spent on set pieces was minimal. And I'm gonna probably get crucified by the purists and all this, but like I hate at, it. at a, a D two college level, like let's play rugby, right? Like let's right. keep it moving. And my whole philosophy was is you have at, at any time no less than eight decisions in what you can do, right? I want you to play what you see, what's in front of you, right? Like I don't want you to just fall into a structure all the time and keep going into it, right? You've got to be adaptable to what's happening. And 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 that's that's kind of the way I think that like, you know that's the way I like to look at things, you know, like adapt to what's in front of you, make it happen, like live in the moment. And that's what rugby I think is really good is that you can live in that moment, you know? Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the rugby outlet mall. Now I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I want to really make sure to get your focus on it because the rugby outlet mall is not just the commerce hub for gift time rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something that not just to have for the field, but more importantly to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport. It's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items like our Rugby Zon shirts or and sweaters, uh, sweaters as well as representing for the culture as we continue to develop the HBCU rugby classic and we want to continue to support these things because it only grows the sport overall. We are continually growing to be able to make sure that we are connecting with you on a personal level as well as a rugby level. And for you guys that are listening to the podcast and listening to this show, want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X, Rugby. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now and of course we're always building up more and more each time but we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world and let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop to grow and to get better each and every time in this sport so guys i hope you guys check it out 
definitely go and you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Guys, you're not going to want to miss one bit of this. Now let's get back to it. So whenever you're so kind of moving into that coaching element, was there was there any person that actually helped guide that philosophy or was it something that you was just like, I kind of started picking it up. And then, you know, like you said, around that 31 time, you started light bulb moment thing. And then it was just like, let me reflect it. Or did someone. kind of? So like when I like coached uh, Eric Rents, who was actually a coach for me, like I played with him, won championships with him with Hartford. And then he's older, and then he uh, ended up coaching CCSU, and that was like my first assistant job. I didn't get paid or anything, but I was I was helping out with the team. Right. Um, and then I actually I hurt my shoulder. Like I was originally going to go to Boston, play with Mystic River, and go to go to nursing school, but you know, use the GI Bill to go up there. And I want to play rugby at Mystic River. Flex it. Like 2000, 2009, 2010 time frame. Right. And then I ended up blowing out my shoulder. You know what I mean? And blew out my shoulder, so I ended up staying around Hartford, and. Um, the University of Hartford women's team was looking for a coach. They reached out to the Wanderers. I wasn't doing anything. I was going through medical school at the time, I think. And then so uh, I was like, yeah, I'll go coach. And I went over with uh, my buddy Sam. And Sam was from Ireland. And he was just a buddy from home. He went to UConn, came over, played like, you know, played like on the seas over in Ireland, but really understood the game and really like knew the game. So like me and him for like uh, a year, year and a half, the University of Hartford worked together. And I, that really helped shape, like, where I was at. Because that was the only time I, I had an assistant coach. I was actually, like, an assistant coach. Right. Well. You know, but a lot of it, I mean, I like, I had a lot of guys that, like, I'd call, like, Macy. Like, I'd talk to Macy. Yeah. You know, I'd be in a fortune position. Because he was at American University at the time, right? Uh, American International College, yeah. AIC, right. which is still one of my favorite teams of all time to watch play. Like, yeah. I like, like Shahad Kabir is, like, a, a, a freshman. And, like, as a sophomore, the kid was on Unreal AP. Like, I mean – they they were that was a great team. Gavin Demore Morrison, you know, Dooney, oh, like that was that was like such a good team. And it was it was the, the changing of college rugby as well, because it had flavor, right? And culture. Right. And that was something that had been missing from the rugby scene. So we were down there, we were doing the the ACRC championships that Steve Siano put on for the ACRCs out of uh, the rugby athletic center. And I remember seeing them play and they were just they were lighting it up. You know what I mean? Like coming to high five and the fans on the sidelines because there's like a, a bar right there with thing and like we're putting that to air. And I remember being like, "This is hype. This is what like rugby needs." Like right. you know, it was great. So and he allowed those players, a lot of them out of the high program in DC, to go out and express themselves and, and to play and to like you know don't harp on on mistakes if you're going for it right and, and express yourself. And then so I've seen him and then you know working on some projects, just going up there and then. Also, like, Greg McWilliams, I've had access to him, you know, being able to, like, see his workings, how he does it. Steve Lewis, I mean, Sean, Hor- Sean Horan, like, and, and other things, like, I, like, it's it's the greatest, it's, like, the greatest thing that being there with the cameras that you get to see everybody in their moment, and then you're, you're seeing it again on film, and then you're looking at it. So you have these great coaches, Josh Smiths, right, that, like, I have how they're coaching their team, what they're doing, I'm making a highlight of it, and then I'm also learning, and then I'm stealing it. I remember I said – to Macy or to Lewis, and I was like, "Hey, I'm stealing that." And they go, yeah. "Sure, you steal everything." They're like, "Take every idea." Another one, like Brandon Sparks, was always cool too. Like, I mean, and I don't think I've ever really talked with Sparks on like actual like game theory or like what right. to do, but just on just like life and different different things, you know. And so I think I've been fortunate to to have, and I think that's what makes rugby good to have like a network of people that you can like talk to, right? No, so, I mean, but like 
but game theory, like, nah, man, I've always like, I, I would just get, I just sit in a room with my whiteboard and I just go over my whiteboard. I can just come up with like, and I mean, even still when I'm, I'm planning productions and I'm doing stuff like storyline, it's all whiteboard, you know, putting it all together. Like, what does this work? Drop this play, get this going, you know, figure this one out, like do all different things. And people be like, Oh, it's like a one, three, three, one. I'm like, nah, dude, that's how we play rugby. This is, this is what we got. But, but the other thing too, that like, I really liked about coaching is that every year it was different. Cause you have, yeah. you, have you have different tools. Right. And, and my big thing was that like, as a, as a player, I don't want you to fit into the system. I want you to be able to express yourself in the system, right? Like I want to make it to where you're advantageous. Like you, what makes you good, you know, we're putting you in that position to utilize that skill, which I think a lot of times when people get in this, this one, three, three, one, like we got to go this and we got to do this and you get hung up on man, you got to play rugby, play what's in front of you, right? Play rugby, see what's going on. Part of the free flow. Yeah. It's a free flow. Make those decisions and, and, you know, allow people to make mistakes. You know, if you drop a ball, you're not going to ball. It's not, not the end of the world, right? You shy right. off the tackle. Like, now I'm going to call you out. You know, I'm going <laughs> to call you out loud. And I'm going I'm I'm to I'm do it. Like, you know. But it's, 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 it's still, it's, it's, it's to allow it to be known. Like, look, get it right, but don't sit on the action. Just, but at least get it right. You get, you know, mm-hmm. keep accountability. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. So funny story about Josh Macy. It's like, so. Our first year at Nationals, when we went, that's when we were out in Kansas City. We right. were in Kansas City, and I flew out, and we were coaching University of Hartford. And I remember in the, in the coaches' meeting before, we're all in there. Macy comes in. He's like, oh, man, you got to check it out. Like, we're over. We got the, the hotel across the way. We got the, the conference room set up. We got three projectors, a couple laptops, everything good and ready to go. It's an awesome man in between games. We're doing video analysis. We're doing all this. I was like, dude, we almost got Fortnite to work last night at our place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like... It's just funny, like that, and that's what I think was special about college rugby right now. You know, it's just that like there's all different types of experiences, there's all right. different types of of things and fits, and, and it's fun. Yo, no, I, I and I think that's is the truth, I, especially considering that we we know that most of the population of rugby players are kind of reside within that college rugby element. So it's, it has that need ability to be able to change the way that the culture goes, but you have to also be able to allow it. I I like, I remember with at least AIC, you know, whenever they started popping up onto the scene, what was it like 2013, 2014, like, Mm -hmm. and really starting to make moves. It was just like, Oh snap. Okay. Oh, this is this is different. Definitely different than what we've been seeing here in the South. And then I knew it was different than what was typically going on within the East Coast and whatnot. So, like, but to your point, it 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 was nice to be able to get something that varied. And it was the first time I think that we could get something that was almost American stylization mm-hmm. of rugby. Yeah, uh, in, in that effort. So, but and and I think now over the last five years. I feel like we've started to see little bits more like it's it's it started minuscule. I remember whenever I first was covering, like it was basically, you know, people go out into the field and then, you know, do the uh everybody on three, ah, boom, and then it was just you go. And then I think within like two, three years after that, all of a sudden everybody had like a chant, and then yeah. all of a sudden it was just like, yo, wait, you guys really, you guys really are like choreographing some shit right now. So like after we went to the national championship at Central and we lost that, the next year we played Coast Guard at Coast Guard. Right. And, and in against Sean and them? Well, well, that. this is, huh? 
Hint against no, going no, against no, the no. So this was the academy. This was the academy. Oh, gotcha. So gotcha. It was a, a Coast Guard Academy, and they ended up winning the national championship that year. And to that point, where you're talking about like the professionalization of it, I, Robert Famiglietti comes up to us at halftime, and he's like, "Hey, listen, you know when you guys showed up five minutes before kickoff, <laughs> singing songs, smoking cigarettes, and just like not even stretching, just taking the field, I thought it was gonna go completely different because it was five nothing. It was like yeah. five nothing. You know what I mean? Like we're hanging in. We're like." Oh, well, thanks, man. That's great and everything. And then, you know, we'd go out and Coast Guard puts up like 15, 20 points. Because, like, we just weren't like, – we weren't, we, we weren't going to playoffs. We weren't doing it. We didn't take it as seriously. But, you know, we were, we would show up singing uh, Memphis, uh, whatever, touchdown in the land of the Delta Blues in the middle of the pouring rain. Right? So, like, that was our song. Like, we'd get on. We'd just, like, somebody would just start singing it. We'd just, like, belt that out. It's a whole thing. It's like a whole team. Everyone's just, like, going. And then we did have, like, our Terry Tiki Tumbo thing. Um, but that was fun. That was like, but I mean, so to, from that, right. And to, to where it's at now was pretty right. good. And, and I mean, it's, 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 it's a serious, you want to take it. And I remember I had uh, this one player, Dom, who was like a godsend of a freshman. He was like 20 years old, played in Hong Kong, you know, like oh, a Scottish kid, like 250 pounds and moves like he's like, you know, fast, super fast. Like, like one, of the fastest <laughs> one of the fastest guys on our team. You know, and so he came and um, he was new to the team. I've been coaching at UHart for like three years and his brother came up. And so I was talking to him and his brother after one of the games. Like, ah, so what do you think? He goes, yeah, it's good. He goes, I can't believe you guys like are do this six days a week. And I was like, oh. And like I thought about it. I was like, man, we are doing this six days a week. Right? This is like, so I mean, because you, you play on Saturday, right. Sunday off. Monday we would do film. Tuesday we'd have we'd have practice. Wednesday we do a morning practice. Thursday right. we do practice. Friday oh, wow. we run through, and then we do it. And I mean, as as a college program, which is why we made it to the national championship two years in a row for seven. That's, that's you know? why, and that's that's. I mean, that's even unprecedented to an extent now. Let alone to be doing it five six years ago, which was just like more than two days a week of practice. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, but it was. It, and I mean, it's like it, it, it's you can take it as serious as you want it, right? right. Like I, I said out to them, I was like when I. I originally had coached the women's team and like, I'd love coaching the women's team. I mean, we made it to, we made it to the sweet 16. We were really, really good team. I think some of the best athletes I ever coached were on that women's team. Nice. Um, and, and some, probably one of the best wins I ever had as a coach was on that women's team. Um, but like, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. I'm going to tell that story just because it's a good one. And Let's it, go. One so, so one of the things when I started coaching women's rugby, I remember I, 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 I would say, I'd be like, oh, we're going to chip chase when I kick. I've got the athletes. And I remember coaches in the community be like, oh, women's, you can't teach women to do that. And I was like, right. what do you mean you can't teach women to do that? It's like, that's not how women play rugby. I was like, no, that, that's how we play rugby, right? Like, <laughs> right. It's just rugby, rugby. It's not women's rugby. We're, it's... we're playing rugby, right? <laughs> and so one of the biggest things I just said, the mentality, I was like, listen, we're going to come out and we're going to, we're going to beat people up. We're going to hit. Right. We're going to hit. We're going to be in shape and we're going to be relentless when we play this game. We're going to play with passion. And I had, great athletes. I mean, we are, I had great athletes that were all in the wrong place. You know, they just, you know, they didn't know how to do it. They didn't have a coach. Right. So, right. I remember I took, so Shania, who was probably one of the best centers, like I one of the best athletes I've ever seen play the game, like hands down, you know, she was their scrum half. Right. But a flanker center beast, you know? And so I was like, no, she can't play scrum half. They're like, the captain said to me like, well, well, who's going to pick and go? I'm like, that's not how we do it. Like, we're gonna we're gonna play rugby. Right. So we're doing it. And I mean, I had the athletes and and they were they wanted to learn. So we set out with a good attitude 
that we're going to take it. They were training just as much. I mean, that schedule was the same training schedule that we were doing for the men. We we're doing with the women. And um, we go into Springfield. Springfield's undefeated at the time. Number one team up there and like very arrogant and like I've always got something against Springfield as a coach. I was like the one team that always just like always oh, is one thing, something irritated. Everybody me has that one rival team. team are great. I'm talking more about the men. I'm talking about right. more, more but you still always everybody has that one yeah. team that for, it just they just ride under yeah. you and you're just like I got to destroy you every time. <laughs> yeah. So we were um so we go into it and uh, I saw I, I told the girls I was like listen like we're going into this you go in pairs if you go to the bathroom you're taking somebody with you. Right. right. Like we're going to walk in in two lines. Nobody's going to say a word. We're going to go in there. We're going to handle our business. So go in there. And that was the other thing, too. I think that like as a coach, you got to like you got to set the mentality for your players, especially when they're young. Right. Like and and everything works. Little things are better. And I think that's one of the more fun. So anyways, so I, I digress back to the story. So <laughs> they come around and, and they're doing their, their jog around and and they're not taking it seriously. They're like laughing. They're kind of like looking at us and they got like face paint on and they're all kind of like, uh, and they're throwing the ball around and stuff. And I said, I was like, look at how they're taking, look at what's going on right now. They're the number one team right here. They have no respect for you whatsoever. And man, that ass whooping that they put on was like one of the, one of the best things I've ever seen. I mean, we were chip chasing. We were like kicking the ball down, two chasers on, making the tackle, poaching the ball, taking it going. And I think it was like 47 to five was like, the, there's a highlight on YouTube. God, um, no. It was like 47 to five. And the coach ended up coming up to me after the game. And I mean, cause she was very, very, very confident at the start of the game. I will say, you know, she was almost arrogant with it. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, wow. She's like, they're good. I was like, oh yeah, they're awesome. Like, I was like, they're really good. She goes, we don't want to play you guys in playoffs. And so I was like, and that was good because that was when I saw the team believe and how good that they could be. Right. And like, that was the thing to where when it all just clicked and it all just came together and then just, they just went out and they balled out. And I mean, that was just like, it was just such a fun thing to watch. And that was right. just like, I, I mean, that's just because they were the number one team. They were the number one team in New England at the time. We're like, nah, nah, you come to Hartford. <laughs> like, come to Hartford. Hartford. Hartford's number one. Let's go. <laughs> you know. But, Reminds me of the, the the old Under Armour commercial. Uh, 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 protect this house. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's Hitford, man. One hundred percent. No, no. I, and 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 I. It's again. It goes back to something that we always talk about. Well, that that we always know in the sport is like, look, wherever you get your guidance is going to be able to help develop where the rugby is going to go. And, and, you know, whether it is you started early or not, but that coaching changes the game. And for you, it was just a matter of, one, mental games, and two, putting letting people be where they need to be, letting them be themselves. I never had a coach. I never really had a coach. Like, I mean, really? I've never – even when we are at Central – so the best coach I ever had in my in, in my life, won two national championships with UConn. But I was – we were – we sucked. We, we weren't even – it was uh, Mark Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, coached at UConn for years, brought them to the national, the women's team brought them to the national championship, but he coached us at New London County. And I mean, we we're just learning to throw the ball. Right. So I mean, right. he's a, a, an international sevens player, like grew up in the program in the system, the English system, and just had a wealth of knowledge, but like, we were just too juvenile in our <laughs> rugby career to actually be able to take advantage of it. And then after that, like, I didn't really, I had Scott Truss who came to Hartford for one season and he was really, he was a really good coach. He like taught us, some other stuff, but like, yeah, it was all the central teams were. Those are all pretty much just like student run. Like, there's this student get on the get on the well, sideline with a clipboard, and it's like he tries to make any changes. They're like, no, shut up. 
like, you know, it's, 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 paper. Like, it's, 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 it's making sense why it took, it's <laughs> making sense why it took eight years for it to all click together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, theory, like game theory, like in that central, we were just we were just gonna beat you up. Like, right. I mean, we had sixty meter rolling balls. Like, I mean, like, and we just had some. And I was at the time, I was I was like, you know, two fifteen solid. Yeah. On our team, you know what I mean? Like our pack was like big. And so it's just like, we're just going to beat you up and take the ball down. And when we gave it to the backs, they were going to knock it on. So, like, why are we going to do that? You know what I mean? Just like, play that bully ball. Play that yeah. bully ball. Like, like, like why, yeah. why? we're just going to make sure you remember that you're here. Yeah. You're going to remember so we'd show, us. We'd show up, we'd play like Yale. And I remember thinking, it's like, we'd go down there, we'd go to Yale, we'd, we'd, and we'd, we'd, we'd handle them pretty well. But we'd be like in mismatching jerseys, like complete, complete. Trashy rugby. Like, I mean, we didn't have a complete set of jerseys, you know, because somebody walked off with them. Somebody graduated and stole them. We didn't have money to get it. Like, the school wouldn't give us any money. Like, but, and, and, and the funny thing was, though, is that we would always, like, we had Fiji water. Right. Our boy Rash's dad was a Fiji water rep. So, like, we'd look like a complete, you know, like, Best disaster. Game. <laughs> a disaster, exactly. But like we had Fiji water and Christina Aguilera did not go on stage unless she had Fiji water. And CCSG rugby, we may be trash, but we got Fiji water. And, and that was fun. So that was fun. I mean, that was like that was that was that was fun. But now it's like, you know, it's good for everybody to have matching jerseys. It's good for everyone to be I mean, I guess. I mean, if, if you want that whole unified good. thing, I mean <sighs> I, I, I mean, hear <laughs> You got to. It just looks better to sell a product. I mean, that's the way you got to look at it, right? Like, you got to sell a product. And that's why, you know, like, D1A was always, like, super, super heavy on, like, your your uniforms. Of course. And it's like, if you're going to sell a product and you're going to make it look good, you got to take it professionally. Because you don't see any other sports on schools on campus that look like that. that. But at the same time, I'm still proud. (laughs) We'd show up with four different jerseys. Like, Oh man, look, I, I can't get mad at that, but that, I feel like that's part of that what we can call now, literally, the good old days uh, of rugby, where it was it, it did have that um, a little bit more Wild West feel to it, especially. Mm-hmm. Like I know whenever I start, because I didn't start until '09, but I'd seen it at USF whenever it was like in 0405. And they were kind of in that, like, stage. It was a little bit more organized, but in that stage. But at that time, I thought, literally, I've told this a million times, I thought rugby didn't really actually get played. I thought it was just, like, fencing. Like, I thought it was just that thing that people do, but yeah. it's, like, old school. So, okay. So this is where it, it comes into where I, I think you become very – this is the, the – your, 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 your calling gets kicked in. So – You've coached, you've played, you've refed, you know. How did you start now moving into this broadcasting lane? Because I feel like this, because it wasn't where, was this where you initially were organizers? Because you spoke in medical terms that you. you I did, I, I, listen, man, like I've, 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 Jack of all things, right? Like, like I've done everything. My own heart. Chronically abused the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to like every different school that I could. Like, you know, it's I like to try a bunch of different things, you know, and kind of go around and uh I got into the media end of it because we needed game film when I was coaching when I was coaching the women's team. Like we needed game film. So I got game film and I was like, oh, I got a camera. You know, maybe we can do some games. And I wanted to do announcing. I wanted to do, like, you know, play-by-play and color commentary. That's what I originally wanted to do. But nobody was producing 
games. Yeah. Like nobody was doing that, right? So <laughs> originally, Next Level Rugby started with Charlie. You, you met Charlie, right? Uh, I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. You met Charlie. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Oh, Charlie, 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 Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> but like we got our first gig and then we got, uh, we got hired by Sarevi at the time to go to, uh, Vegas. And it was, uh, Adam Kopp, who now runs Matic, who was, uh, the head of their marketing for Sarevi. Right. Um, hired us and brought us out. And I mean, at the time, we basically just got our expenses covered. Went out there to USA Sevens. It was the first time. It was awesome. So um, wait, 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 wait. Before you go into that, before you go into that, yeah. what was the transition? Because you, 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 you're, there's a whole section right here of, I just wanted to film some games to Sarevi got us. So. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> like, so, like, I have ADD like crazy, right? So I got you, brother. Here, I'm sorry, different times. Like, all right. So dial it back all the way, all the way back. Dial it, dial, bring um, it back, bring it back. But I do right. want to get to that story. <laughs> So, so I, you know, nobody was like shooting rugby, right? Nobody right. was uh, creating good content. So I wanted to do that and I wanted to broadcast it. So I had post 9-11 GI Bill. So I was like, oh, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I can get paid to go to school for free here. Like, I can buy <laughs> broadcasting, right? So I went there. It was a four-month, you know, Monday through Friday program. You know, you're there from like eight to realistically like nine o'clock at night because you're working on projects. And it was really, it was good in the sense that it was, if you're self-motivated and you're you're a self-starter, it shows you how to do everything, kind of like right. a little bit of stuff. So um, went there and then uh, just, I remember I called up Steve Ciano because he was the ACRCs, I think it was 2014. And I was just like, hey, you guys live streaming this, you got what's going on. And I just cold called this dude out of nowhere. He's like, he's like, no, like, and we hadn't done a live stream to save, save my life at that point. Is I was like, well, I think you need to. I was like, all these teams going there. It's huge. Like, you need to get it going. He's like, I have no money. You know, I'm not making, I'm losing money on this event. It's rugby because, of course, you're not going to, you're not making money on the event, right. especially 2014. He gets just started streaming at that point. Yeah. Just started streaming. <laughs> so like 2014. So then I remember he puts me on a conference call with uh, Bruce McClain. Right. And uh, a long time I owned a guy like, Won a national championship as coach of uh, Nyack. Bruce McClain's like old school rugby to like the T and like a staple, especially in New York. And so he's like, ah, what do you need? <laughs> I was like, well, and at the time it was a $300 part. Like I laugh at it now, like $300 is a drop in the bucket now. Like $300, like damn, write that off. Something. You know what I mean? It's like, but at the time it was $300 to get this one piece of equipment that I could put into my computer and I could actually ingest the feed, right? So it was the right. encoded piece. Never done, never figured anything out. So, he goes, oh, well, I'll go down to B&H and I'll buy it. Like, I'll go get it. I was like, oh, no shit. I was like, well, how are you getting down? Like, he goes, can you get to New Rochelle? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I've got a bus going with the Iona guys. Like, take the bus down with us. We're going to Charlotte. We're going to be there the whole weekend. And then you can just take the bus back with us. Nice. So I got a hotel room. Bruce bought this piece of equipment. I brought down, like, my crappy, like, computer at the time, like, tower. Right? I bring it down there and try to put it in. Me and Charlie are up on the phone till like, literally – two hours before we got to go live for this event, right? Like all night in this hotel room trying to get to work and going back and like looking at it, like it never should have worked. Like it never right. should have worked, right? So like we go there, we hack it. And, and mind you, this is again, like, this is him just literally over the phone, like talking me through, like like setting the bus settings and all this stuff. I don't even know what we're doing. So we end up getting that going and then we're live streaming it. I'm doing the play-by-play. I'm also doing the camera. And then- that's kind of like how it started, you know, and that's right. why, like, I would say, like, the, the streaming component, Bruce McClain's the godfather. He bought, he, like, invested in it, put the first $300 up, you know, and then it was so cool about it. I was like, no, just keep the piece. I remember being like, that's, that's all, like, well, I can just keep it. He's like, yeah, dude, like, 
you didn't get paid for this. You didn't do this. You were, you provide this service for us. And I think it was like something like 18 hours of streaming. We did that weekend nice. first event ever. And then from there, we're like, all right, we got to like, you know, piece by piece, you know, then let's actually get a switcher. Let's get the SDI cable. Let's get right. this, let's figure it out. Let's do it. And I mean, back in the day, like I had a lot of, I was fortunate. I had people that were passionate about it with me too. That's where I can be like, Hey, listen, I don't have money to pay you. But like we got like three grand, I can afford to get a van. We can get a place to stay. I can feed you. Come down. That's just enough to rent it. You know, for like three grand, drive all the way. Like it's hilarious when I think about like what we did with nothing, nothing, <laughs> with nothing. You know what I mean? And like, and so, but I was fortunate because I had great people like yourself that were just like, yeah, we're down the ride. But let's just let's just make it happen. Yeah. You know. And so that's 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 what's ultimately. And like I appreciate everyone that's helped along the way. You know, it started with like. Charlie, you getting involved, you know, Nick, Val, you know, all those guys, like everybody, right. you know, so it's like, that's what's, what's really, I've been fortunate for is that like, I've had a good, I've had a good team, a good crew with me. No, I, I, I and it's been one that I, I, cause you know, for me, obviously around that same time, I think I'd, I, I, it's so funny how similar our stories were on that because it was even the, the same thing. Like I, whenever I started, it was one little uh, piece from, wasn't even black magic. I think it was from live stream at the time yeah. to try and use it. And it was, I mean, mine didn't go as successful. I think I got almost all the game, but I forgot to charge my camera. So like it I've been there, dude. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> right. Like, like. <laughs> and so like all people could hear is just the sound, but they for some reason they couldn't get the re- oh, it, was, it was just the worst. But so yeah, we oh dude, let me tell you, like power. Like we had one of those issues to where like we had an issue with the power failure too. It went down and we're right. crap. And it wasn't wasn't horrible. It wasn't the end of the world. It was like kind of like a wake up call. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, get battery backups, which you should always have. Right? right. You always have battery backups. I got them. First I was like, oh, why are you getting them? You know, I was like, no, we need them. Trust me. Let's get them. Long story short, we're doing a, an extremely important job, delivery <laughs> to an extremely important customer. Forget to fill gas in the generator, right? All of a sudden, everything goes out except for. Except for the critical equipment, and it was just like one of those things to where it's like, thank God we got the batteries, man. I right. The batteries real quick through like something over, filled it with gas, and got it going again. But it was like, yeah, the power thing, man. Uh, yeah, no, it's real. Like it, it's so real. But it, it, it's really interesting because you know, as we do all this, it, it, it's always funny being able to see how people reacted to them. Because in essence, everybody like any games that we streamed. Everybody would assume, yo, it's banking. Yo, you're just you're banking money. Yo, you better. It's, it's, it's we're so broke. <laughs> and so I go back. So Pat Guthrie, you know, long time, like did a, a million freaking U.S. games. I remember he was telling me when I first started coming up and like really started packaging events and doing. He goes, you need to get out of that role. You need to become go to the director role. Don't take on all that responsibility. Like he goes, it's, it's not worth it. It's like yeah. it's like it's like it's a pain in the butt. But it's like a drug, man. It's a right. Oh my god! Like live, like to get to come Dude. in and get off on time to pull it off to make oh it my like. Goodness. There's no feeling like at the end of a broadcast where you just like you just you you, you terminate and then you just look at everyone. And you're like, that was good. Yo, that was good. And it was like, all right. And I mean, that's that's the rush that makes doing live like Dude, fun. I, I tell people this all the time. I tell people this 
all, no, not even all the time. I only tell it every once in a while. So let me not make a lie. But I tell people this whenever I'm doing the lies, like they'll see it and you're like, you're stressing out during the whole time. You're like, yo, make sure the angles are good. Yo, make sure we get into points. Yo, are we hitting the lower thirds, hitting everything going? You just feel like you're losing your mind. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, yo, I, we just produced this shit. Like mm-hmm. it just came together. And it's like, why would you want to do it again? I remember someone asked me after, um, I did it after USA South, uh, a U19 uh, NACRA tournament. They're like, yo, we thought you weren't ever going to do it again. I was like, why wouldn't I do this again? Like, it's stressful as hell, it's but why you figure it? But it's, it's just like, yo, you, you're crafting this story via these shots, and you're just able to just make sure everything goes, and it's almost like it's your dreams, it's your mind coming into reality. I guess maybe that's that might be what puts it together. Even in, when it gets a little iffy in the middle, it's like, yo, at least it it, it, what I was thinking hopefully was coming through in the screen in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, it's great. Like it's fun. Live production's fun. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you're at this point where you've, you've now really upgraded. And one thing that I've always been really happy to see, and it's also made it why it's really easy for me to, I've always wanted to work with you was because of the way that you were able to get people together. It's something that I really, I like, I don't have the same skill as you as that to be able to gather people together like that. Um, so it, and being able to develop these guys, cause I've seen them like they're young guys. You really give them a chance. And I, I can see it in the eyes. I've talked with them even before where it's like, yo, they, they really, it's different. Like when you know that you're giving opening a world to somebody. So you, you've had this, this opportunity to do it and you've worked it so well, you know, I think it's kind of like the sport, right? Like, cause yeah. I look, I, I look at it, you see other people that are in the broadcast world that have kind of done the same thing. You know, I'd say 80 to 90% of the people that have worked for me, like I actually taught how to play rugby, right? Like Val, right. Brandon, you know, Orlando, those are all guys that like I coached as high schoolers in Hartford, right? Yeah. Like those are all kids that run my high school team that I gave job that I was like, Hey, come work for me, make money. Right. Like Nick, Freshman year shows up as a, a male cheerleader, never played a contact sport in his life. Three weeks into the season, this kid's taken over a senior spot. This is starting flanker. It was one of my favorite stories is like, and I mean, not the, and now the, the kid, he's been with me forever. And like, without like, he's been like my right hand man in a lot of ways, yep. you know, and it's like, I just, you know, Rich Galena from the Village Lions, you know, he's, it, it's been a saying forever, but like, and this is something I think I really got to harp on and what I think like, major league rugby can do, but he used to say, you know, rising tide raises all ships. Right. Right. Like, like if, if this is going good, I want it to go good for you. Right. Come with me. Right. Like, let's go, let's all do this together. And ultimately it's like for a while, the landscape and rugby has been like very cutthroat. Like, you know, I, I need this bid. I'm going after this. We're doing this. We're doing that. Like, and, and I just don't think that that's the the way I think that like cohesion and working together agreed is, is going to get us further. Right. It's going to take us a while, but I think it's like getting to that point where, you know, I, I always laughed when everyone was like, oh, 2016 rugby's in the Olympics. Like, say less, say less. Rugby, everyone's got to love rugby. And it's like, all right, you're, no, no, that's not what it's going to take. It was, it was, it was even to that end. It was, I think even after that, because I, I felt like the, uh, the Olympics had been great. That was a great showcase of rugby and even 2017 women's rugby world cup. But it, it literally highlighted the very thing that was needed, and which is why I feel like the broadcasting and streaming came so important, was what's next? Like, mm. oh, you've got this game. What's next? How are people being able to enjoy this? And, and for me, I've been 
the advocate that rugby should never be beholden to a singular network or so like that. Um, so to be able to have some autonomy on that was nice. But what you said was true, where cohesion was going to be needed at some point. Like, mm-hmm. it, it didn't make sense to fight for games. I remember I was just like, one, if I if we're fighting for broadcast, for contracts, literally it's like six teams that are going to do mm-hmm. it consistently. It's like nobody wants to see these same six teams all the time, you know. But I think what happened in was us being able to go do games that we wanted to get, and they also sometimes happen to be able to pay off in a little way, but we were able to get those games. Like whenever we went to Kansas City and did the high school or uh, in New York, you started establishing, especially when you were working with Old Blue, uh, with Nyack, I'm sorry. No, Old Blue. Don't get that wrong. Blue. Okay. Old Blue. Old Blue. Old Blue paid my rent. Thank you. Old Blue. Old Blue paid my rent. All right. No. no, no, and I mean, so like old blue man, like I gotta say, you know, and that's another fortunate thing, being able to be around a lot of good clubs, like, right. like old blue. I hated old blue, one hundred percent. Like we play them, we play them, and I remember like we play. I just look up and I'm like, there's six Eagles on that team right now. We're gonna get drugged eighty to eighty to twenty. I think we scored twenty points. You know, like like, and that was like, oh my god, we scored against them. But it was just like I hated them because they'd come in, they'd kick your ass, they drink your beer. You know, they're all good. And then they just like kind of like walk off and go do their own thing. And then once I actually got like in, they, you know, pay my rent, right? Like actually gave me real money to like to buy stuff, right? And which was infrastructure building. And and Brian Murphy understood that. And he even said, he goes, you know, you're you're hand to mouth right now, right? And 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 that was literally you get this, all right, we're paying for this, all right. I get this money, we're paying for that. We're we're building this now. We can do this next time. But um, they really took care of their people. Like Old Blue really does. Like Austin Huns, great club. Look at them. Like been around them. They like do that. And I think that's like rugby as a whole. It's like, you know, you kind of when you're outside, you know, and then looking in, you're kind of like, yeah, I don't like that. And that's also kind of been like kind of like a little bit of the Achilles heel, right? Right. Which is more towards the men than I think the women, right? Because the men and that ego, like they're not going to share. I remember like I I put out like the dopest old blue highlights, yeah, life highlights, and the other teams aren't going to share that content, right? Not because they're like, ah, screw that, I'm not going to watch that. But that's where that's where the women are better because women are like, yo, check out my girl, like, right? She's crushing it right now, like just destroying it. And it's like, you know, the men, yeah, it's changing though. I think it's changing, and I think I think, you know, overall, just that whole interoperability of rugby and being able to play on different teams is like, you know, helping really spread that. The academy teams has been a big difference. I know, it's been a big thing. So it's, you know, but. No, the, women I, way, the women are way better at social. Oh, it, it was one of the wildest things that I ever heard. Whenever people started this, were tell, saying like women's rugby doesn't work this as well as men's, and I'm like, are you guys actually watching these games? Like, yo, they are. Yeah. It is beautiful to watch. Like yeah. the smoothness at the top level, working its way down. It is crisp to be able mm-hmm. to watch. It. I really yeah. hope we. I really hope we got a. I hope we got a World Cup this year like i really I do because i think that like I, i'd love to see our team just go ball out and just win i mean we could i think right i think we damn well could if I, it like, I think that would be like the greatest well aside from everything that's like happened right like for right. sporting for me that would be like the greatest tragedy if like we can't figure that out but hopefully hopefully I, we get I, to go there kick some ass and win i agree i i feel like it's not it's gonna and i i don't i i 
have no doubt that the World Cup is going to end up happening. I, I have no doubt mm-hmm. that the regular World Cup will happen. Well, whether people will be able to get in other than athletes, that's where the question. But from what I understand, talking to some people, it's they're they're already in New Zealand preparing for it. Yeah. But like the one, it's one that I wanted to, you know, like yo, I want that media pass. Like, let's go. Like, I've worked all this time. Let mm-hmm. me go to this. <laughs> Yeah, flex that. But yeah. you know, if if you know, we'll see. We'll see how, how that goes. Hopefully, whatever happens with the Olympics is going to allow itself to happen uh, with 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 New Zealand. Hey everybody, this is just the break train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there, where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Number one is because um, it's part of my business, I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also, on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. Which makes up for my um social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. Oh! It's not just it's like What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture, Australian, g'day mate, you can use my phone. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Yeah! Gift, where are we? We're in Mount Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so thick here now. It's pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. Feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that, that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board before you know it we're back in the game Tokyo here we come making a comeback four weeks 2300 miles five countries after all the trials and tribulations this ride had become deeply personal all that mattered now was getting to that rugby world cup game in Tokyo yeah buddy all right be easy 
go check out redearthfilms.vhx.tv to get your copy of Singapore to Tokyo any way we can. That's redearthfilms.vhx.tv. That's a shame, though, like that, what's going on with the Olympics, though, right? Having been to Japan, right? We got to link up in Japan for the World Cup last year. Oh, dude, that was dope. Like, that was that- like, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that it's, it's better that we have it than we don't have it. Yeah. I mean, it's better that we have it than we don't have it. But at the same time, like, uh, Japan's so cool. It's such a cool country. Bruh. It's it's unfortunate that people don't get to experience it. More importantly, that, like, Japan doesn't get to host people there. Like, that's. I'm hoping it changes. Look, you technically were supposed to go back to back Rugby World Cup and then uh, Olympics. And I think they actually even have one more event that was supposed to happen for this year. Uh, simultaneously. So hopefully it's kind of setting up to bring more, you know, more of these major events in because they were by far the best host I've ever seen in my life. That was Easy. awesome. Easy. That was a great, yeah, that was a great experience. You know, so That's another thing about us being in a, in a fortunate position we are, right? Like we may be broke, but at the same time, sometimes we get some fringe benefits. Like you get exactly. to go to the World Cup or you get to travel across like Asia. <laughs> you, get to ride back across Asia. you know, like stuff like that. And I'm like, let's meet up in Kobe or wherever we were, right? Like, right. let's not like, Dude. Osaka, where were we? It was, we're Osaka, it was, right? no, no, no. It wasn't Osaka. It was at the far end because it was for the, uh, it was for, the, wait, was it Osaka? No, it no, no, no. It was. I thought it was the Haikido. Maybe it was Osaka. Because we met twice. We had the one that was on the far west side of Japan. That was like Fukuoka. Fukuoka. Yeah, there we go. That was was the best place, dude. That was my favorite. Like that. That that place is cool. Right. Cool. Yeah. We almost beat the French, I think, too. Is that where that was? That where the French game was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was staying staying in the hotel. I was staying at like the nice bougie ass hotel, and it was like it was like one of the last like hotels on the trip, and I was like excited to go back. The best like eggs Benedict I've ever had in my life. Bro, I remember like in that, and that's where they had like the crazy like display outside in the mall, and all the French players were staying at our place, and the hotel at the Eagles were staying there was just like man, <laughs> and I just remember being like, oh, I'm staying with the French players and taking taking an elevator with this French dude right now. I don't know your name, but like. Six foot five, like six six. <laughs> you just said all right. Damn, a specimen. <laughs> like, okay, good luck tomorrow, buddy. Not. Nah. No. So true, nah. dude. Nah. No, no, but you're you're right. It's 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 part of that benefit. Like, uh, and, and I don't. I think it's one that people also. I, I guess it throws the perception off because again, it goes like, "Yo, you guys, you guys must be doing well. You're going to all these places, and it's like, no." We are scraping the literal bottom to do it. Let me ask. Seven Eleven food to survive right now. Oh my god! But it's the best food though, too. Seven Eleven, low key, like that's like that's. I wish Seven Eleven in America got his game together because I would just be living off that food. You know, let me ask you this. You know, as you've done this these years, and I kind of wanted to get some of the MLR stuff from you, but first, as you've done the broadcasting and work, the more business side of it, how have you? how has it helped or hurt or developed your perspective on on life, let alone off of rugby? Because my perspective I, on life is that, like, my perspective on life is that I need to get another job. <laughs> like, another <laughs> career. I'm, like, serious about, like, no, nah, I mean, like, there's, there's part truth to that. Like, right, like, I'm, like, I mean, like, last year was, was rough, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I took, like, I lost everything. I lost 30K of cash, not even projected income, right? Like, 
you know, hit the stride. Next Level Rugby, we're producing the regional matches for New York, for Old Glory, for New, for New England. And then I get hired to do the CBS Director of the Week game, which is like a, a great gig. You know, roll in, just fly in, direct those, and everything happened. And then like a week into our production season, right, like COVID happens, boom. So it's like, that was, that was rough, you know what I mean? Like I had, I had spent so much money just on building like equipment and putting it into the trailer and upgrading the trailer that never got used, you know, and I've never used it to this day, you know what I mean? And so that was like all my savings and you can't recoup it at that point. You know, like in the production world, once you buy it, like you buy it, you don't get to return it. So it was like, that, that was tough. And then, you know, like I was fortunate to have opportunities like between then and now, and like now it's still, it's, it's still not guaranteed. Right. Like it's still not guaranteed. Like if the season shuts us down again, like what happens, you know what I mean? Like I, then I gotta, I gotta figure something else out. You know what I mean? So that's where it's like from a business standpoint and the perspective of it is, you know, I've been burnt by it, but I'm also like a glutton for punishment. Right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And and, and like, I'm a glutton for punishment and I want to see it. I want to see it work. Right. Like I want to, I want to, I want to make it work and, but I, but I've said, and I mean, I've probably said this a million times. This is the last, last shot, last right. time I'm going to really like, go after it. Right. Like, you know, yeah. but again, how many times have I like retired? You know, I retired. I think there's always, always that little glimmer of hope that just kind of dangles there because you just, you see it's, I, I think the hardest part of it all has always been, you can see it, you know, it's there. There is something clearly there, but it just feels sometimes like it's just right out of reach. And you're like, what, what is the distance between this little inch and this, this goal that can be, you know, closed up here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, it's, it's ultimately like it's the people, right. That like keeps it coming back. And like Preston and Warren brought up like good points where they said like, you know, we've, we've watched these guys grow up. Right. right? Like, I mean, that's what I feel like, you know, like I've, I've seen the progression of these players like across all levels from like high school. Like I remember watching like Ashley Burge as a, as yeah. the high school or playing in the all Americans for Serevi out in LVI, like, you know what I mean? Like the players there and then going on the college careers and, and doing good. So it's like, it's cool. Like the Michael Sinclair is from Stony Brook, right. To like, you know, playing for old blue and then playing for the Jamaican national team and playing for Rooney, like seeing that like Derek Lipscomb's and like, so I think that's ultimately what comes around. It's like, it's, it's the people that are involved in, you know, rugby being just an open sport and being able to, you know, just connect with people on a level that you don't really see on other sports at all. Right. You know, the access is like, just, you know, it's fun. And like, you know, plus I remember I was talking with uh, the guy who hired me for this, for this job, who I'm excited to be working with. And uh, I was like, listen, man, I got like this opportunity to work making like, you know, over six figures, really good job. And it'd be like an email marketing doing BS videos that like take two seconds to do. But everyone's like, Oh my God, it's amazing. You know what I mean? And he says, like, I don't see you doing that. I'm like, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, like I've never, like, I don't know. I guess I moved to Austin, Texas to make a TV show. And then yeah. let's get it done. So, I mean, that's like, that's, that, that's like the biggest thing. So I think, like, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned from business from this is that you're, you're going you're gonna to take lumps. You're going to get punched in the face. Like, you're going to, you're just going to, you're going to get sucker punched. Right. You know, things are going to happen. But like you just gotta just get up and just figure out how to how to move from from where you're at, right? Like don't worry about where you're at, but worry about where you gotta go. Right. And um and one of my best friends that I worked with in New York, uh, Mickey, he's a Green Beret for like 16 years, and we had like this philosophical conversation one time. He's like, you know what, man? You know, I think like you never really arrive. 
And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I think about it, man. Like, you're always like, you know, you think you're going here, but then you get there and you got to go somewhere else. Right. And I was like, oh, and, and you're right. You know what I mean? It's it's real. Real. You never arrive. You know what I mean? No matter where you get, there's always something else. And, you know, you're always, there's always going to be an obstacle. There's always going to be something that you have to deal with. And, and, but like, as I'm saying, I was confident, like, I mean, there have been times where I'm just like, screw this, I'm done. Exactly. Like, forget this. And, and a lot of it has been like some of my friends, people I trust, where I say, I'm done. They're like, nah, dude, you've like come so far. You know, you guys have gotten to points where, you know, just, just stick with it, just stick with it. And that's what I think a lot of it is like come from. It's like my buddies, you know, like, you know, stick with it, stick with it, you know, it'll pay out, you know? No. So and that's why that, that, that's, you know, not even pay out, but like, you'll, you'll see what you want to see. see the results. You, you'll see yeah. the outcome. No, I, I, I think about that all the time. And it's, it's, it's the same thing. I, I feel I, I've, I've, you know, we've talked about it before. I always look at it kind of like um, the comedians of the past, like, you, you, you hear the ones that are big now where they talk about, man, I remember when I was gutting it right before I did Def Jam and, you know, and I was before Comic View and stuff like that. And, you know, it was it was tough. And then we had this moment and you started to see it. And all of a sudden, look at where we're at now. You know, you lose some people along the way. But there's this weird I don't know. Maybe it's just this weird cycle of of nature that says, hey, at some point we'll give you a chance. But we're always going to give you at least something to progress forward to going to hurt you a little bit, but it's going to be moving forward in some way, shape, or form. So I think that's what I always kick off into because, like you said, I there's always something there. Mm-hmm. It's the people, you the connections, and because you know that you get to know the depth of it, especially from the camera view, from yeah. the business view, it just opens up more and more from there. Yeah, and I mean, truthfully, there's, there, there's maybe only one other job I'd rather do than this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to work any other nine-to-five jobs, like... I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to. I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to. I mean, the, I guess there's security and having a check that comes like every week, which is nice. It's nice. It's really, it's it's really nice. You have to pay somebody down to pay you the money they owe you, but like, you know, keeps you young, I guess. Where's the excitement? You know, all that comfortability. You know, where where's the excitement of getting your blood pressure nice and high, and then being able to get what you need, and then dropping it and being like, ah. Oh. Well, look, I wanted to ask you one last thing about MLR um, before we get for start to wrap it up. Um, but, you know, obviously, yeah, I'm already, man. say what? I got nothing to do. I'm, I'm out here and went at you. I work six hours a week. Dude. Like, I got nothing to do. Like, it's rough. <laughs> like, I watch really cool points stick off every day. I don't do, like, something else for, like, an hour and a half. Or time. Oh. Like, I ain't got right, nowhere good. to be Okay, you know, you know, I, I, I just, I just want to make sure, you know, you know, I'm not using up your time for, yeah. for poorly. <laughs> All right, let's go. What you got? So, you know, obviously, MLR, we, we, we've watched this advent of professional rugby throughout the U.S., and we've now gotten to this element of stage of MLR. As you've been able to see it, and obviously, last year ended up being a little bit of a clusterfuck, but. Even before that, you were starting to work your way in. You're starting to see what's going on on the ground, having watched these guys. The impact that you that MLR has, for you, what is it that you see the future of? Because for me, I've seen little bits at the lowest level, like high school level, and, and a little bit of a, an evolution of how these kids are looking at the game. But from your perspective, having seen a broader view of it, what do you feel like has been the impact or the, and can be the potential impact of MLR moving forward. Yeah, like like I'd be hesitant to call last year a cluster, right? Like I think it's an extra like last year last year sucked, right? And like right. when that came down, 
you know, as a business person, I was a little bit upset at myself because even like January 15th, I was talking with my buddy Shane, who was like a regional director for FEMA. And I was like, hey, we're going to have to worry about this COVID thing. He's like, yeah, it's going to be bad. He's like, it's coming. And I mean, this is like January. And so like I right. put all the eggs in that basket. But like, you know, when they shut down and even going into that weekend, I remember I was there, I was working with CBS and we were doing the uh, DC versus uh, ATL game, which was awesome. DC won that game. It was an awesome game though. Um, like the director that I was working with, I was assistant directing. He was, uh, going out to do like Indian Springs, like a uh, tennis tournament. He goes, Oh, it just got canceled. It's right before we go to air. It's like, Oh, well, I just got canceled off that. That's weird. And I was like, Oh, it's an international tournament. And that was like the first domino. I was like, Oh man. And then so like going into that next week, like we had, we had three productions going on that next week. So we'd already done one a month prior for, for DC, like our trailer. And then we're doing a DC game, a New York game, and a New England game that weekend. Right. And so, like, I had to, like, prepare for all that, had everything going into it. And I kind of knew at the start of that week that, like, we're not going to go into it. But even still had to be like, hey, we're going to make this work. We're going to go. But secretly, no, there ain't no way this is happening, you know. Um, so it was hard. And I think that they made the right decision. I think to, yeah. to settle down and recycle, it was, it was a good decision. Right. Um, and it sets us up to where we are right now, right? Like, I think the biggest thing that Major League Rugby can do is that it can, it can, like, I don't want to be like, oh, the kids can look up to it. And da, 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 da. I mean, that is, that is a part of it, right? Like, I do think that is something to where you can see a, a professional athlete and be like, that's cool. I want to go do that. But it can, it can make rugby better across the country, right? It can raise the profile, right? Like, if it's exciting, it can, it can highlight what it, what rugby is. And what makes rugby great as a sport, right? And and not the oh the values, we're all good and we shake everyone's hands, we don't celebrate, we got like, get out of here, right? Like we need a little entertainment in it as well, too. But I do think that we can provide a platform with major league rugby to help everybody else, whether it's a mention on the show, right? Like what what is going on with this this engagement, right? Like what is this team doing with community engagement, which is a segment that we're gonna be putting in, right? Like my whole thing is and what I wanna do is is specifically with the show is help that right like we have a, a television show it's gonna be on fox sports and it'll be on regional networks across the country right like on that show i want the community to be involved right i want i want stories right because rugby is not it's not the eagles right that's not what it is nobody like and i'm just gonna be honest the majority of people that play rugby don't don't give a crap about the eagles they don't even know about the eagles right, right? you know but major league rugby can be that because we as a country and you know smarter people than me have been saying this forever is that like we're in America, like we're in America. We don't care about national teams. We care about the professional teams in our community. Right. It's true. Cause we're such a big country, right? Like we don't have to compete. Yeah, with everything. We don't have to worry about we this. Yeah. Right. San Diego versus Austin, right? Like Austin versus Houston, right? Like those matchups like right there, like New York versus new England, right? right? Like those are the matches that people care about in America. They don't care about America versus Scotland. They don't care about America. Like I, I wish they did, but the reality is that they don't, they don't care. Right. We care about professional sports. We care about these athletes that are going out. And, and I think the big thing is where we're at right now with the, the growth of the league is that we're at like an inflection point, right. To where it's like this season, mm -hmm. we're going to nail it and it's going to be good. And it's not going to be like smooth sailing straight out of here or we're not going to get it right. But I, I do from what I see from the back channels, I, I have faith in it. Right. Like, and I had faith in it from when it first came out because the teams have say in it, right? Like the league isn't overarching. Like it's not, the league has very minimal say in what happens. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it is very much like the board, people work together, they talk together and 
the way that they're addressing, right? We had a schedule change. I just spent all day, half day going through updating my Google calendar for the, the schedule change, but they're making that work, right? So finding creative solutions in this environment was what's important, which is what we all have to do as Americans, what we all have to do as people, as like humans on this earth right now, is figure out how to make it work for the time being. And right. so from what I've seen, and I mean, I don't have like the greatest view into it, but like from just what I hear and what I see, like I think they're making the right the right decisions and we gotta like trust that. And I think this community for a while, we've always been like, let's hammer, let's hammer, let's hammer, let's hammer, let's hold them accountable, let's do this. Like maybe the rugby community is the only like group of people that like actually keeps people accountable. You know, <laughs> like actually like the fire, right? And it's just like, and, and I think that we should be excited as a community because, you know, excited for major league rugby, excited for, for each other and excited for rugby because like that's all we got we got each other right and we got to get other people if we're so much infighting within rugby right like we're not gonna we're not gonna progress the sport and like you know if, if we're like if we're not supporting each other right? right which is like the big thing and so that's what i think like major league rugby's done it and you see a lot of the teams doing academy teams right. a lot of like you know that outreach that community outreach and that's that's it's exciting because you know the pro rugby was just like I mean, that first meeting, it wasn't the first the meeting, when I heard him say what he wanted to do, I was in the back with Marty Veal, who had some awesome comments to say. <laughs> was going um, if, you, if you know anything about Marty Veal, you know, you can fill in the blank with what he was saying there. But, um, but like, yeah, when he was just like, no, I'm going to be the sole owner. I'm going to make all the decisions. I'm going to do all that. Like, that's not how it works. It's not how America works. It's not like, the, it's not the best way to go about things, it's I think. And that's what I think yeah, and that's what I think that, that that's better with, with this iteration is that, like, you know, it works, right? Rising tide raises all ships. Facts, you know. No, and I, I've, I've, I've felt that. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's always. I've never. Had, I'll put it like this: I've never doubted that this iteration could work. I actually liked it because of the fact that it had the split up of the ownership, and it actually felt like a union of teams as opposed to a single, uh, um, you know, autocracy. Uh, trying to separate these teams out, which is too much. Um, I guess my my always thought was like, all right, what is it that we, what is it that they want to get towards? Like everybody wants to grow rugby. That's that's the broad overall term. That means nothing. And to me, it means nothing. So it's like, what is the absolute goal that we want? Is it just on field? Because you know, I know that we always had clubs to do that, or is it to be able to raise a public profile? And, uh, and and I don't know if I really appreciated it until summer 2019 and I was traveling with stars a little bit and I'm starting to see the high schoolers and I'm starting to pay attention to even more colleges and you start to see the focus that they're having on wanting to perform. And it's small. Yeah. We've always had highlights and stuff like that, but it became a focal. It was commoditized getting to that point, which, I, you know, a lot of people in rugby seem to fear money as uh, the, the, the root of all evil in a lot of ways. But well, I somebody, think somebody, somebody, somebody threw out an interesting analogy to me one time. They're like, it's like, yeah, rugby players don't like to spend the money. They're like, all right, you know, that dude who makes like 200 grand on your team, look at his cleats and look at how much tape he uses on those cleats. Right. Like, <laughs> cheap. Right. right? They spend $400, $500 to go to a Giants game, spend eight, $8, no, $11 a beer, right. And do all that. But I'll complain about spending money for rugby. I complain about that. What am I getting for free? Like, how come I, how come I don't? Well, what am I getting? No, you need to create an economy. You have to pay for it. That's why, like, everyone's like, I'm like, oh, how are you watching this stream? They're like, oh, Bitbox at this. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. Like, fundamentally, I have to pay for it. Otherwise, you know like, everything that, like, 
Like somebody has to make money. There has to be an economy. There has to be a way. It just can't be flow rugby. You know exactly. what I mean? It's got to be like somebody good and responsible. You know right. what I mean? Like, and, so, and that provides good stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's that's the thing that I, I was like, okay, I'm seeing a change here. Because whenever you're creating exactly what you said, you're, you're creating an economy. You're creating an industry. And I've, I felt, especially over the last few years, and this 2020 allowed me to think about it even more, was that we really have been working to develop industry and rugby around it. Not just the struggle element, but it did. But I think MLR created a standard where it was like, okay, now here is professional. And in the mind of people, professional has this perspective. It, it has these standards, expectations. And I think it's part, been part of that tide that's lifted it. Now, it's not perfect, and don't get me wrong, we're, there's still a lot of work that has to be done with it. But I think it was something that I, I saw as a generational effort where it was like, oh, okay, we're, maybe we'll be able to go pay for this or do that. And I think that's where you start to actually see rapid growth because you don't see NFL get to where it is because they were nickel and diming. You know, you don't see the NBA get to where it is nickel and diming. Shoot, you don't even see MLS doing it, even though I don't care for their that's structure. That's example right now because they're losing a boatload of yeah. money. That's that's what what I'm saying. I really right. like their business yeah, structure, but but yeah, yeah. It's still there was still a, a commodity, a, a, an industry that's being developed around it. And when you see that happening, whether it's from an analysis side, whether it's from uh, a marketing side, whether it's from you know uh, a, a even third party salespeople or even in party like first party, you develop that, and it only sets up more investment into the sport itself. So I, I feel like MLR has done that. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I still feel like there's this marketing effort that I always get a little bit thrown off with MLR. Well, I mean, you, can't, you can't do everything. That's, that's exactly. Like thing, right? like, and, and, and that's hopefully, hopefully we can, we can help provide forward. that. Hopefully Nick and Tyler and I and Austin can help provide some of that. And that so yeah. like when you talk about there's some other stuff going on behind the scenes too that, that isn't even MLR saying, like it isn't MLR. Right. There are other people doing other projects that are going to be coming out with some pretty cool stuff that I'm excited to see. And that's, that's, what, I, I, that's what I like. Yeah. Is that creating the industry, commoditization mm -hmm. around it, creating an element where people invest in, not just emotionally, but invest in dollars. And when they invest in dollars, they're going to see return, like real mm -hmm. return, not flowing return. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, eventually. But we'll see. Like, I yeah. mean, whatever. But, you know, I, I do like, but I do like one thing somebody said, um, I forgot who it was, but they said it well. The one thing that MLR has, one thing particularly that MLR has done really well that was missing before was getting the community involved. And when you get the community involved, it's so much easier to be able to make things move forward. Um, yeah, man. Look at like Seattle, Seattle crushing it. Like, Exactly. DC, I mean, DC was crushing it. Like yeah. that was that was a great environment. I mean, there it, it was crazy for a professional sporting event, like for them to be in Catholic University. Because I mean, there's literally like a little rope and then the sideline, professional athletes playing like right in front of these VIP booths, which is which is right. which is funny to me, but also awesome, right? Because it was like that level of accessibility was just like crazy. Like, from uh, an insurance standpoint, maybe not the best, but like, but it, know, adds, it makes it feel like, and part people of are tailgating on the other side of the fence. Like right before the game, right? Like that was like the coolest stuff to like see. And I mean, we got B-roll. We threw that into the games and made sure people nice. saw that. But like that's that's the stuff to where you know, like if you can get that right and you can treat it right. And that's what like, I was so disappointed 
that I didn't get to see the Free Jacks game because I was excited to see what they did. I mean, they had sold a whole VIP section, Delta, sponsored by Delta, by an airline. Oh, nice. Like, I mean, like, a whole VIP section sold out, sponsored by Delta Airlines. Like, I mean, that that was huge. I think that was, like, one of the big, like, like big sponsorships that came out there. I was like, that's, that's dope. That's, that's uh, that push forward. So, I mean, they, they, I mean, they sold out, like DC was like sold out, you know, New York, New York had issues because MCU is like a difficult place to get to right. um, from the city. I mean, but like in New York, you just, New York's, New York's tough, man. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of variables you got to deal with in that city. That's like what makes it great also makes it difficult, you know? Right. Um, but it's like, you know, Atlanta's Atlanta looks like, I mean, when they have the smoke going in the back, like, and they had that going, it was like a soccer exactly. thing. Like, I think that's, that's the thing. And if we don't have fans and we're not going to have fans at every stadium, right? Like, that's the thing. Like not every stadium is going to have fans, you know, but we will have rugby. Um, and we'll get that. And then when we get back to that, like, I'm excited. Like when we get back to that, I mean, it's not going to happen this year. Like, you know, and, and hopefully it happens next year. We start to see that start. And, and look, even if it's limited fans for a little bit, I, I'm pretty sure guaranteed New Orleans has limited fans. Atlanta will have <laughs> limited fans. Texas will probably have limited fans. So at least in, and to be honest, it creates, exclusivity, which means that people can create desire to want to see more uh, mm. overall. So I think there's still the opportunity to do it. And this is where I go back to those things that I, I worry about. I feel like they're going to end up getting solved because I feel like something about this pandemic creates a new era of rugby. Uh, yeah, it's been like, I mean, right? Like, I mean, if I get like super like meta, right? Like, meta with you. <laughs> um, no, but just like yeah, if anything, I mean, when this first happened, you know, it's like, and this came about, it's like, you know, we gotta, we gotta learn. And in this, this time, everything's been so accelerated from like social justice issues right. to, to combating a pandemic, to, to housing issues, to, to, you know, inequality, you know, and, and wealth disparity, right? So it's like, we've had so much that we've, that we've gone through, but at the same time, right, like we've found solutions, everyone's working into it, like, we got to remember what we're all like working towards, right? Like you got to find a solution. It's going to work through. You got to play the field that you're given, right? Like right now, this is the field. This is how we have, this is the environment that we have to operate in. And you have to understand how you're going to operate in this environment and what you're going to do, you know, and then how to, how to do it. I mean, there is no one answer to, to beat this virus. I mean, and, and, you know, it's the last thing I think maybe we even uploaded for next level rugby was, uh, you know, we were in Boston, we had, $20,000 $20,000 worth of gear sitting around and uh, lost a job and we had nothing else to do. So me and Tyler, who's uh, going to be producing the show for uh, major league rugby with me, you know, we did like uh, that special, like we did like a special from a suite last night to party in Boston. <laughs> like <laughs> went out there, had it, did that. But I mean, that's like, you know, I forgot where I was going with that. I was going to tell Tyler's story, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> No, no, his story is funny though. It is like if anything comes out of the pandemic, it, it, it's hilarious because like he's like Nick's best friend from Chicago. Yeah, you know, um, had worked in like production stuff before, and, like really wanted to get involved in it. And then uh, for the DC game, the first DC game, like I hadn't met him, and Nick's like, "Hey, you got to bring him out. You know, you got to get him out." People that don't know Nick, Nick is like my number two guy. Like, uh, and there's a couple number twos. Nick, Nick's, Nick's like up there, and um, so he. Uh, He's like, hey, I'll, I'll just fly out on my own dime. Kid comes out. He was like a PA. was great. Wants to go on mic. Like, kid's got a great presence. I was like, hey, listen, help us facilitate. We already got a sideline reporter. Like, you know, don't need you. Right. So he comes out. He's great. End up covering all his expenses. You know, thank you for coming out. And I was like, all right, I tell you what. Like, I hire you. You got the job. Like, because I had him do some auditions for me. I had him do some stuff. So he quits his job as a car salesman, which is a perfect job for an announcer. A car salesman. Right. He's talking to people, right? He's just back and forth. So it's like 
perfect in-between job. Quits his job, drives out from Chicago on a Wednesday night. Thursday, the season gets canceled, so he's sleeping at Knicks. <laughs> like, quit his job, comes all the way out here <laughs> to, like, work for us and do, like, 13 games. And then uh, lost his job. <laughs> like, when he woke up next morning, didn't have a so, job. But, um, but I mean, like, it's like you got to you gotta take lumps, right? Like, I mean, you got to right. But I think that's – in the chaos is where growth comes the most, you know? Yeah. So, so – yeah, no, I mean, it's like, as crazy as it gets, right, like, this isn't this isn't World War II. We're not dealing with the stuff that, our, like, our grandparents had to deal with. I mean, we, we have a tendency as a society to make smaller issues bigger than they are because right. the voices are louder. There's more out there. There's more. It's a different mentality, right? If we just step back and we look for, like, facing stuff, we're going through a hard time and we're dealing with stuff, like – but as 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 humans, we've 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 got through worse, right? We've right. done worse, and it's always because we we come together and we work together, right? And we work with somebody, right? And like I think that's like the big thing is that we just all we just all got to come together, man. We just all got to like got to be better to each other. Yeah, well, slow you know, and steady and process. Help, help each other through this. I agreed. Agreed. Yo, bro, tell them where they can find you at uh, best. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm, uh, it depends on what week I'm at, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I haven't done anything on the social media since I've, since March. Like, I'm oh. until 38, man. Like, I'm either I'm, I'm in Wenatchee, Washington, right now, working on a movie set. Cool story, devotion. Get to watch Corsairs take off and Big 15s take off every day, and A6 nice. Sky Raiders. Um, and then uh, apparently, I'm moving to Austin, Texas. I found out on Monday I got to be there February 22nd. So got to find an apartment. I'll be in Austin, Texas for like five months. And then probably Chicago after that. Well, definitely Chicago after that. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, so maybe find you is the wrong word, but uh, leave them with a little something else to add to, rem- to remember you by since until uh, you become out of the black- social media black hole. Yeah, I'm too old for that stuff, man. Like I watched, like, I watched, I watched probably there's like 17 or 18 year olds just like, it's a beautiful day out here today, 54 degrees. I'm going down to like the river, like where I walk, the beautiful park, and like, geez, man, for like 10 minutes, they're just sitting there taking all their the photos and getting the sun and doing this. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh my god, like, uh, that's why you hire. That's why. So I bring Nick and Tyler to do the social media. Get some 25 year olds that like are actually into it, know what's going on. You guys, that's why you got to hire young. Keep you young, keep you in the know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, brother, man, I, I like I said at the beginning, man, and I'll say it again, I truly appreciate you, and I appreciate you being on here. And, uh, dude, I continue to look forward to all our adventures uh, moving forward, regardless of however they're, they're set to be. Yeah, man, it's a it's a pleasure. I enjoyed uh, enjoyed this. This is good. I'm gonna probably look back at it and be like, "What the? God, I like, 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 eh, wait, whatever." But um, but no, seriously, man, keep it up, dude. I've been like, you know, I've loved watching you crush it and do your thing, and you know, you've always been like true. Like, whenever for those watching out there, like, whenever I need like an actual like a good input. I just need to waste two hours of my day. I just give him a call and we, we solve all the world's problems. Yo, we solve all the world problems. I don't know why nobody's listening to us. I don't know why nobody's listening to us. But if they did, right, maybe get Preston and Warren together and then forget about it. Like, Yo, set up together. the group. Yeah. Who else is out there that wants to join us? Yeah. Get Toad on on here. Look, man, we, we can set this up. Yeah. Make, 
Made a whole group project. <laughs> yeah, we can just talk. We can just talk to each other. <laughs> Keep each other entertained. Nobody else. Oh. Right. I love you. It's looking at. What can, what can you say? Hey, man. It's it's what it's about, man. It's what it's about. <laughs> Yo, Ryan. I definitely want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. As usual, an absolute pleasure. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what happens for the future with all the projects and everything like that. Of course, work with you again on stuff. And uh, uh, I, love, I love what you have going on. And everybody, yo, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this, for taking the time to, to pay attention. And guys, this isn't the only one that we have. Yo, you guys, we have some amazing guests last week. We had Sarah Alice Saul with Tori Rugby, uh, just giving us just a, a great emotional connection with players and what happens behind the scenes. Uh, we had Katie Sadlier with World Rugby, the general manager for women's rugby for World Rugby. We had Adam Milby, the president for the Philippines Rugby Union. Uh, we've had uh, uh, Warren Mullis and Preston Thompson, the host for the American Rugby Pod, Tozan Tutsitanway, uh, founder of Viral Rugby. We've had so many great people, Tiffany Faye. We've had Koma Gandhi Fishbin. We have had uh, Kimani Davis, Kyle and Tiana Granby. Uh, we have had Adam Gray Hayward of the movie Play On. We've had Blaine Scully, uh, USA Rugby uh, captain for Rugby World Cup 2019. We have had Raheem Vital and uh, and and Michael uh, Michael Toussaint of Prairie View A and M. You know we've had she say Bailey Charity Williams. Yo, we we got some great guests. This is episode 42, and we got. 41 other podcasts that I suggest that you guys go back and listen to and get the interest, uh, get the information because it'll be well worth it. But in the meantime, I hope you guys know, I hope you guys are happy, I hope you guys are healthy, and I hope you know that you are highly favored. Talk to you next time. Cheers. Yo, I want to talk to you guys about the HBCU Rugby Classic and Music Festival. Yo, this is the best event that is coming out in terms of cultural rugby. It is a representative of the historically black colleges and universities, but not just simply to represent for them, but to be able to continue to promote the development of rugby in all communities. And we want you guys to know that we are coming back for May 1st and 2nd, 2021. Do not want to miss this one. I know there's a chance that you guys might not be able to come into the stadium, but please be sure to get ready to watch it. We have a great set of teams coming up, great invitations from youth rugby all the way up to senior level rugby. So we are not just going to make it so that you only look for or understand one part, but this is for the whole shebang. This is something that is growing that will only make us better. So definitely check out more information at www. HBCURugbyClassic.com or find us on a social media at HBCU Rugby on Twitter and HBCU Rugby Classic on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, I know you're going to love this. <laughs>